Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, I guess there was an issue with the upload the last time I tried, and the upload didn't load the full episode. So um, my apologies for only getting 42 seconds worth of the last episode in. I'm going to re-record this, and uh, hopefully this helps us. Um, So one of the things we pay attention to as we read the Bible, is reading the Bible for all it's worth. Um, Sometimes that means deep dives and paying attention to specific things in specific passages. Sometimes it means taking a serious look at what's there and reading um, very closely and in very detailed ways. At other times, uh, reading the Bible for all it's worth means reading what um, I'm going to call, at least in this episode, the Bible's full witness. And this is a conversation that comes up um, periodically, uh, but often recently, I think. And teaching at a Christian high school uh, as a biblical studies teacher and serving as director of spiritual life, um, it's put me in contact with some people who have pressed this question a little bit because we are intentional about partnering with our families and our parents who have students with us. And so one of the questions that has come up uh, quite a few times in the last couple of months is how do you teach the Bible? Or how do you approach the scripture as a school or as a teacher? And so I think what these parents are really asking is whether or not we teach both testaments thoroughly, authentically, uh, to the best of our ability, with um, an eye on the Spirit's inspiration in both Testaments, with an eye on inspiration, inerrancy, and infallibility across both testaments. The scripture as a unified whole is really what we're asking. And I think these parents are pressing us to ask, you know, do we really teach both testaments like this? Do we teach it as a unified whole of God's intended revelation of himself to us? And we do, and I do personally. This is the idea, I think, of the full witness of Scripture. And that idea is relatively common, but it's not necessarily one that we talk about a ton. Uh, I think we just assume. Because we all believe that the 66 texts of the Bible, First and New Testament, are inspired. Even with some of our traditions who will make use of the Apocrypha as helpful information, the inspired 66 texts are often taught as a kind of unified whole. While... We'll all acknowledge that inspiration and that authority. And we'll all acknowledge that Old and New Testament, First and New Testament, are incredibly important. A lot of our Christian teaching falls into the New Testament. And we seem to use, and in some cases, some churches almost exclusively use, texts of the New Testament. And I think we do this because our focus is on Jesus, and it's on the church, and that's largely accurate to the Christian experience because that's the focal point of our faith, and that's okay. But this is why some of our Christian friends, brothers, and sisters are concerned that a place like my school or teachers like me would really pay attention and teach the full witness of the Bible. I think really what we're looking for is a kind of full attention to everything that the Holy Spirit has given us in the revelation of the Bible. One of the traps that we fall into as Christians as we read our Bible is that we either forget that the Bible is inspired. And I think we do that because it's, we're just used to it. We're, we're around it. 
And because of that, it kind of becomes routine or mundane. Or we focus so much on the material of the New Testament, we lose sight of the connected story that the New Testament is growing out of in the first or the Old Testament. I think these are things we've got to pay attention to. Earlier in this series, we discussed the Bible as God's story. And when we did that, I mentioned that N.T. Wright explains the Bible as a play, a kind of series of acts. He picks five. Each act contains a part of the larger story of the play. He says it's, it's a play in five acts. However, each act is also a sort of distinct movement of the story. It's got key features and characters, not all of whom move on to the next act of the story. And often there are new characters in new acts of the story. N.T. Wright's work and his depiction of what the Bible is kind of fits the vocabulary that I've always had for the full witness of the scripture. First, the Bible, and we said this earlier, is one connected story. Here, we can take the language from the Bible Project. Thank you to the Bible Project for this succinct statement. The Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. And I think they're accurate. I think they're onto something with that. I've used the description of an umbrella as I teach this through with my students. There's a major story arc, like the shape of an umbrella. But the spokes that hold it out and taut give support, give detail to the shape of the narrative give specific touch points for us to pay attention to. We need the shape and the fabric of the umbrella, and we need to see the shape and the fabric of the umbrella. But without the spokes, we lack specific structure for the umbrella to work and hold together. Without the big overarching shape, we forget what each of the spokes are doing in the whole scope of the story of the Bible. The Bible builds a kind of macro story, Genesis to Revelation, but it does so through micro stories, these smaller little vignettes. Those micro stories provide us with a frame and discernible moments we can use to follow the shape of the umbrella in sort of manageable pieces. As we come to the Bible, we need to pay attention to the shape of the umbrella, discern the spokes that bring us distinct stories. We pay attention to those distinct stories all the time. Sometimes we read too narrowly, and that's all we pay attention to, are those distinct stories. In other words, we, we have to be careful as we read the Bible. And as readers of the Bible, we need to pay close attention to the whole Bible as much as we are careful readers of specific passages. Keeping the whole Bible in focus while we read specific passages helps us see and helps us listen well both to the specifics of the small story that we're reading and the big story and the big picture in which this small one plays a part. The tension between the shape of the Bible as a whole and the specific spokes on the umbrella is challenging at times, but it is a necessary way that we need to pay attention to the Bible if we're really going to understand the Bible well. We need a way or a strategy to read big, the whole scope in mind, and read small paying attention to close details. When I talk about reading big and reading small, I mean the ways we choose to take in sections of scripture need a good balance between the whole macro arc and the small focus of the micro story. As good students of the Bible, we need good habits that allow us to read the Bible well with ears to hear, like we talked about. So reading the Bible big means we take in large chunks of scripture at a time, multiple chapters, sequences of books, we don't 
linger in the minute, in the small. We, we want to take in major movements at a time. We're reading to see themes, significant progressions of stories, linked characters and ideas. Reading big is about taking in major sections, movements, ideas, concepts. And when we choose to ignore sort of chapter and verse divisions, we choose to follow the flow of the literature and it lets us read big a little bit better instead of just reading a chapter at a time. This allows us to hear, to see, to discern the rhythms of the stories, their connected elements, characters, themes in one series or even connected across other stories. These major movements set the stage for specific or small elements of individual stories or episodes in the text of scripture. But we do also need to read small. And by this, I, I mean we need to take in the, the short micro stories we're accustomed to reading and dig deep. Not just read that short and go, okay, I've checked my box, but really read, digging deep, getting into the elements, spending time processing and contemplating and connecting. It's figuring out how this shorter moment or story fits into the larger piece of the scripture. Understanding that those connections really do matter for us. And so we need both perspectives. We need to read big and read small. Reading big allows us to see major movements, thought progressions, and developments. Reading small and getting into the weeds of shorter sections of the Bible allows us to get into the depth, to see the specific ways these things are developed, highlighted, the way the theology comes to the surface, or how there are nuances in the way God interacts with his people throughout these different stories. But we do need both, right? We need big and we need small. Small to mine the depths of individual passages and big to see the full picture and the full witness of the Bible. Church history is most definitely full of places where the church and its leaders encourage us to read the Bible in light of the Bible. And I think this is the idea that we're going to pick up as we go forward. How do we read the Bible in step with the Bible? How do we read the Bible in step with what the Bible is doing and how it's progressing and developing? That's where we'll stop for today. I hope this is helpful and we'll see you next time on the podcast.